Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. So listen, grab your Bibles, turn with me today to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verse 8 through verse 20. Luke 2, starting in in verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, keeping their, uh, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will be a great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly, another suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby was there lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept these things uh, in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. And it was just as the angel had told them. Father, we just thank you for this glorious announcement that we just read about. We thank you that that was not something that just affects uh, 2,000 years ago. But Lord, it is every day in our lives that Jesus Christ, the Savior, is born. And we thank you for that good news. And thank you for the privilege of being called to share it as believers. Lord, I pray that you would uh, anoint us today to to both preach and to hear your word. And most importantly, may uh, may we put your word into practice today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Listen, everything in your life can change in a moment. Isn't that right? As a matter of fact, the things we remember the most in our lives are the, are the moments that changed everything. The surprise proposal or the surprise breakup. The phone call with the, with the job offer or the phone call with the diagnosis. The news, I'm going to date myself now, the news of the Olympic victory over the Russian hockey team or the news of the plane hitting the second tower. It's been said over and over again, but you should never underestimate the power of a moment, of a moment. The shepherds had a moment in the passage that we just read. A couple of them, as a matter of fact, they, they are denoted by the word suddenly, suddenly. 
And I think that might be why moments are so powerful, because they come on so unexpectedly. They come on so suddenly. It's not like the old movies where, where the tidal wave is coming or the alien invasion is coming and you get to watch it move slowly towards you and create a plan. That, that's not how real life works, is it? These, these moments are, are at the same time both more subtle and more overwhelming than those things. It's a pivot point in your life and in your existence. It's a watershed moment uh, after which everything in your life, your direction, your purpose, your plan, everything changes in that moment suddenly. Now, I want us to set aside the bad suddenlies because we've all experienced the bad suddenlies. Today I want to talk about suddenly, but, but only in the best ways. This message today, for those of you who are slow to catch on, it's called suddenly, suddenly, all right? And I want to talk about three things about suddenlies today. I want, to, I want to talk about the power of a suddenly. I want to talk about the planning for a suddenly, and then the prelude to a suddenly. We're going to talk about suddenly today, so let's, let's dive in. First of all, let's figure out what in the world are we even talking about? So we'll start with the power of a suddenly, power of suddenly. You said, John, what in the world is a suddenly? Like, I know suddenly is usually used as an adverb. I don't, know, I don't know what you're doing with it using it as a noun. Well, for our purposes today, a suddenly is an unexpected encounter with God that changes your life. It's an unexpected encounter with God that changes your life. Look, look at these shepherds. By all accounts, just ordinary Jewish guys, but after they're suddenly with the first angel, after they're suddenly with the choir of angels, and certainly after their unexpected visit with the holy family at the manger, these ordinary guys were completely different people. They were, they were praising God and glorifying God out loud. Listen, nobody else was around but them and the sheep. And they are praising God out loud. They're falling on their knees in worship of the Christ child. They're telling everybody about Jesus. It doesn't appear to be something they decided to do. It's just the power of a suddenly moment. A suddenly can change your spiritual perception. These, these Jewish shepherds knew that the, the Messiah would eventually appear, but, but this moment, this suddenly clarified things in a way they understood the prophecies. They understood what was going on in a way that they never expected. It was crystal clear for them in one incredible moment. That kind of moment happened for the Apostle John when he was uh, inspired to write the book of, of the Revelation. Look at Revelation chapter 1. Verses 10 and 11, he said, It was in the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. That's a whole other message. Suddenly, I heard behind me a voice, a loud voice like a trumpet blast, and it said, write in, in a book, and these are written in red if you're reading a regular uh, a print Bible, the words of Jesus. Jesus said, write, every, write in your book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamum and Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. It was a suddenly for John that changed his spiritual perception. 
the Apostle Paul had uh, also had a, a suddenly experience. He had previously been called Saul, but he had this suddenly moment recorded in Acts chapter 9. Starting in verse 3, it said he was approaching Damascus on this mission, Saul was, and a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. And he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul asked, who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go to the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Listen, y'all, Saul wasn't looking to follow Jesus. Saul was looking to arrest the people who followed Jesus. But in one sudden moment of his life, his life, his focus, his purpose, his perspective, his soul, even his name got changed. His, his spirit, he got a spiritual understanding that not only changed his life, it changed our lives. Because the Lord used the Apostle Paul to, write, to go on to write 13 of the 27 books in this New Testament. There is not much that you understand about the Lord and, and his goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ that some of it doesn't trace directly back to Saul and Paul and that suddenly that he had on the road to Damascus. Now, suddenlies don't just change your spiritual understanding. Sometimes they even change your physical reality. Look at Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. A woman in the crowd following Jesus had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better, and in fact, she had gotten worse. She heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Look at verse 29. Immediately. What's another word we could use? Suddenly, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. This woman went from, from bleeding and anemic in one moment to healed and made whole in another life-altering encounter with Jesus. In one suddenly moment, everything changed. And, and how many more? I mean, we could stand here all the rest of the afternoon reading the Gospels over and over again. There are people who had a suddenly encounter with Jesus. A blind Bartimaeus, Jairus' daughter, Mary Magdalene, Zacchaeus, every one of them changed by a suddenly. And what about the 120 who were in the upper room when suddenly there came a sound from heaven? And what about the, the dry bones that Ezekiel prophesied over in the valley and they suddenly reanimated and became a mighty army? You see, my prayer for us this morning as a church and as a people, is that we would have some suddenly moments with Jesus where everything changes, where people are saved and transformed and delivered and healed and empowered for service and baptized in his spirit and, and called for work in his kingdom. And my prayer today is God, raise up a mighty spiritual army with a sudden move of your spirit today. 
You say, John, do you really believe that that stuff still happens? Yes, I believe it happens today. And listen, don't underestimate the power of a suddenly in your life. Changes everything. Changes everything. So let's talk about what seems like a contradiction. We talked about the power of a suddenly. Now let's talk about the planning for a suddenly. The planning for a suddenly. If it is sudden and unexpected, how could it be planned? Doesn't that seem to contradict itself? Well, let me answer your question with a question. Um, Have you ever thrown someone a surprise party? Anybody? Oh, some of you have. Okay, nobody in the first service. They're they're terrible friends. They never do anything for anybody. So have you ever pulled off like a surprise engagement or anything for people? Yeah, of course you have. Everybody's been involved at some point. So here's the point. Just because it happened suddenly to the recipient doesn't mean it wasn't an intentional act by the giver. Suddenly and accidentally is not the same thing. Right? Just because it happened suddenly to the one who got it doesn't mean it wasn't intentional by the one who gave it. Let me show you Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, reading from the, new, the King James 21st century version. But when the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time had come, what happened? God sent forth his son. We just read about it, right? God sent forth his son, made of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. When the fullness of time had come. That is, that is a seriously loaded phrase right there. There's a reason why Jesus was born when he was born. Like y'all realize he wasn't just like hanging out in heaven and went, eh, I think I'm just going to go on down there. There was a time and a place and a way. It, the, he, he came at the exact right moment when the fullness of time had come. Now, I, I want to tell you just real briefly an overview uh, of part of the reason why he had to come right then. First of all, Alexander the Great, about 300 years before Jesus was born, Alexander the Great had conquered the, the known world for him at the time, all around the Mediterranean, and he had spread not only Greek influence, but more specifically the Greek language all over the Mediterranean region. And it became, over the next few years or so, a few decades or so, it became the language of commerce, it became the language of, uh, of the educated And so people had this common language of speaking Greek to each other all over the place. And it united different cultures and countries in a way that had never happened before and probably would not happen for centuries again. The Old Testament had been uh, been translated into the Greek language so that it was more accessible for everyone. It was called the Septuagint, and it it was widely circulated and distributed all around the world. So people could read it and read the prophecies for themselves and know that, that the Messiah was coming. 
the Jews had the, the the Jewish people had been scattered all around the globe. First of all, in the uh, in the captivity that that Jesus prophet that the Lord prophesied and judged them uh, and and scattered them to their enemies, Judah and Israel. But also, even after that, as the political climate changed in the in the land of Israel, uh, many of the Jews just scattered all over the world, and they took with them their own understanding of the of their faith and their own practice of the faith. So many, many people were familiar with what was going on in the Old Testament uh, times. Uh, also, the Romans uh, had come on the scene in the last hundred years or so before the birth of Christ and had created this incredible highway system, this series of roads that made it much easier and much safer to travel by land all around the Mediterranean world and even beyond. So, you're like, John, what, what does that mean? It means that though the shepherds were completely caught off guard that the Messiah had been born on that particular night, it had been in the planning stages since Adam and Eve sinned. It was a suddenly for them. It was not a suddenly for God. And I just want to encourage you this morning. The Jewish people had long been frustrated and disappointed that the Messiah had not already appeared. But God knew what he was doing. You may be looking around at your life. You may be looking around at your situation. And you might be thinking, listen, it's just way too late for me. Look, look at all that's happened. Or in some cases, look at what hasn't happened. Look at all that I've been through. If God was going to do something, if God was going to show up, he surely would have done it by now. Hear me this morning. You suddenly may manifest in a moment, but you can rest assured it has been prepared since the foundation of the world. If God has a suddenly prepared for you, it will show up in the fullness of time, just at the right moment. And if, if God has a suddenly prepared for you, there is nothing in hell or on earth. There's no circumstance. There's no emotion. There is no limitation that will keep it from getting to you. And all of that stuff that you've been through has not gotten you off course. It has not delayed your arrival. It has positioned you precisely when and where you're supposed to meet God for your divine appointment. Just because you can't see it coming doesn't mean it's not on the way. He's been planning your suddenly since your first breath. Now I want to look at I want to look at the last one. This this may be my my favorite one of them. There's there's power. We looked at the power of a suddenly. We looked at the planning for a suddenly, and now we're going to look at the prelude to a suddenly. The prelude to a suddenly. Like okay, now we know what a sudden a suddenly is. We know what it does when it shows up. We know. Um, we, we know what it took to make it happen, that God planned for all that. But, but what's going on in the life of a person who gets one of these suddenlies from God? Like, what's the prerequisite? What, what kind of person qualifies for this life-changing moment with Jesus? Well, let's, let's explore that. Let me ask a few questions. Um, do you know what the shepherds were doing before their suddenly moment? 
they were shepherding, right? They just doing, they doing their thing. They're doing what, what they're supposed to do. They're in the fields trying to keep the wolves and, and whatever, all the predators, from eating their sheep. That's what they were doing. They, they weren't camping out, mind you. This wasn't a good Sam's Club RV park. They were working. They were just doing whatever it is that shepherds do. All right? Now, do you know who the shepherds were before their suddenly moment with the angels? Do you know who they were? Um, shepherds. See, this, this pastoring stuff's easy, isn't it? And it's, it's pretty obvious. They're just shepherds. They're just, they just shepherding, man. They're, nothing special. Nothing notable. They're on the lowest tiers of society in Bethlehem. If this little village uh, had society, they would have been at the bottom of it. Uh, for a number of reasons, uh, they were never or rarely invited to events, I'm sure. Uh, for, well, like one, because they were not particularly well thought of. And two, they're always busy because sheep always need to be shepherded all the time. And then uh, third and not least important, they usually smelled like sheep. And nothing clears the room <laughs> like when the shepherds show up. All right? Like David used to be a shepherd before he killed Goliath and went on to become king. Uh, but when Samuel the prophet showed up to anoint the next king at Jesse's house, his dad... His dad didn't even include him among his sons. Like, he was an afterthought. Samuel, the prophet, had to go back to God and, and say, God, are you sure I'm in the right place? Because he's out of kids, and you said he was going to be here. And he had to say, you ain't got another kid somewhere? And Jesse was like, oh, yeah. He's just a shepherd, though. He's just a shepherd. That's how well thought of shepherds were. And, and according to history, shepherds were generally not well-educated, they weren't, they weren't wealthy. They likely didn't have very many other options in their lives. They were just shepherds. Do you know um, about the spiritual lives of the shepherds? Like, were these spiritual giants? Uh, well, there's nothing listed in the passage as far as their, their spiritual resumes, but the overwhelming majority of the Jews in that day were in a holding pattern. Even the most devout of the, of the Jews were weary um, from the almost 400 years since there had been a fresh word from the Lord. No prophets, no fresh word, nothing going on. They were just waiting. Some of them were earnestly following the commands of the Mosaic Law. Man, they were bought in. They were really trying to do it right. Some of them had just turned their backs and walked away and said, forget about it. But the majority of people were just trying to do the best they could do in the divisive political climate that they were living in and in the varied religious perversions of their faith. They had seen it all, right? So they had no reason to believe that Messiah would come that night and even less reason to believe that they would be among the first men on the earth to hear about it and to meet him. So what about, what's my point? The point is, the question was, what, what's the prelude for us suddenly? And my answer is, life. Are you alive? If there, there's no prerequisite, there, there's no positioning, there's no posturing. Just you just got to be alive. If if you're alive, then there's still hope. If you're alive, 
you qualify. I'd ask you to raise your hands if you're alive, but I don't want anybody to exclude themselves. So we're just going to assume that everybody's listening because some of y'all don't raise your hand for nothing. All right? So no matter what's going on in your life or in the life of a loved one right now, don't underestimate the power of a suddenly. One sudden moment. One touch from the Holy Spirit. One encounter with Jesus can change everything. You say, well, listen, John, I'm really not much of a worshiper. Well, neither were the shepherds, but that changes when you have a sudden encounter with the Lord. You say, well, I'm really not one to share my faith. I get that, but you won't be able to help yourself when you have a sudden encounter with Jesus. Some of you have said about yourself or about others, oh, he'll never change or I'll never change. Don't ever speak that over somebody. You are not judge, jury, and executioner. You don't know what the future holds. It might be hard. It might be unlikely. They might even be disinterested. But don't underestimate the power of a suddenly. A suddenly can melt the hardest of hearts. A suddenly can heal the sickest of bodies. A suddenly can deliver the most bound of souls. A suddenly can release captives from the innermost prisons. A suddenly can empower the weakest and most fearful among us. A suddenly can bind up the wounds of the most broken. A suddenly can make a con man honest, an addicted woman clean, a conflicted person clear, a lost person found. A a suddenly can make a preacher out of a persecutor a minister out of a murderer, a conqueror out of a coward, the mother of the Christ child out of a teenage maiden, a suddenly can turn the unworthiest of villains into the unlikeliest of heroes. Don't underestimate the power of a suddenly in your life. Listen, I'm not going to stand here today and, and tell you that God is declaring a season of suddenlies, right? We could do that. We could get everybody shouting, raise a big offering or something probably. I'm not going to tell you that your suddenlies on the way in the next 24 hours with your seed faith gift of just $1,000. None of that stuff, right? Because I, I don't know. I got no idea. Corey, come on, buddy. I, I got no idea. I, I don't know the mind of God. Like he don't give me a heads up. Well, what's fixing to happen in your life? I don't know. I just want to encourage you today. If you're like the shepherds, if there's really just like nothing special, nothing super spiritual about you, you look back over your life and you just think, I hadn't really done anything that would earn a suddenly from God. And I just want to tell you today, don't, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. It sounds like you're the perfect person for a suddenly. Listen, he's a good God. He's a good God. He gives suddenlies to people, not because they're good, but because he's good. So keep your chin up. I know the road gets hard. I know you get tired. I know you get weary. I know you get sick of looking at the same situation 
day after day after day. I know that sometimes it feels like you're going to wake up and today is going to be just like yesterday and probably just like tomorrow and it just feels hopeless. Listen, don't count yourself out as a recipient of a suddenly. You just don't know what God's got planned. And let me ask the question that's kind of hanging over this message today. John, what if my suddenly never shows up? What if I don't get one of those miraculous lightning bolts from heaven? The only thing you've lost by living in faith and expectation is hopelessness and fear. He said in James chapter 4, we don't have because we don't ask God. I'm just to the point in my life, I would rather believe God. I'd rather believe in a God who still does the miraculous than resign myself to the faithless limits of a godless world. No man, no woman on this earth has the final say. I can tell you this, there is great, there is great power, there is great peace in living with the assurance that we serve a God of suddenlies. Y'all stand with me today. Whatever you've got going on in your life right now, if there's something that you need to pray about, then we're going to sing a song and we want you to come and pray. And it doesn't matter what's going on. We just want you to come. Because if the Lord's drawing you, He's going to meet you here. Say, John, I need a suddenly in my life. Then come and pray. We don't have because we don't ask God, He said. Come and pray. And I'll tell you this, I've been through enough enough um, pre-suddenly moments in my life. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Enough desperate moments, enough difficult times where I know this to be true. The last thing you need to do is walk away from him. You might be mad at him. You might not understand. You might want to go to your cave and sulk and pout. Don't do that. I did all that. I did all that. It does not make anything better. Lean into him. Run to him. Throw yourself in his arms. And leave everything else to him. Because when you're in his arms, you're in the best place you can be. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your love for us. God, we don't deserve anything you've ever given us. We don't deserve your salvation. We don't deserve any sort of intervention on our behalf, but God, you do it because you're good. And so we thank you for it. And we just, uh, I just pray over this congregation today. Lord, I, I pray that there is hope renewed, that faith would rise, that we would lift up our eyes to the hills from which comes our help. God, that we would draw close to you in these times of trouble because we know that, that Psalm 46 said, that we looked at it together just a couple of weeks ago, that you are a very present help in times of trouble. 
So Lord, I just pray that you'd renew the hope and the faith and the strength of the people who are walking today, that they can walk and they can run and not grow weary. They can walk and not faint. Lord, I pray that you'd draw every person to this altar, Lord, that you want to meet here today. And Lord, we just we pray your blessing and your will uh, in every person, in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.